the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Cleansing breath of that moron. You know, I've had presidents. I, I don't think I've agreed with all presidents ever. I didn't agree with any of them on everything. I vehemently disagreed with a lot of them. I vehemently disagreed with Barack Obama. I did. I thought he was wrong on about 99% of what he did. Well, the one thing that I liked that he did was that he uh, apparently tried to make it illegal for insider trading among politicians. They managed to got that bill after he signed it. Um, and it's funny for me now to watch his vice president run against Obamacare. I love it uh, on one hand. I didn't agree with George W. Bush on any of his second his his uh, second tour, his second term. I didn't agree with him on one damn thing, and I didn't agree with him on about 80% of his first term. Bill Clinton... Was a, was a joke. Another disgraceful human being. Disgraceful human being. However, economically, benign because he was neutered by Newt Gingrich. George Bush Sr., in my opinion, was a piece of dung. I never liked that rat. I understood what he was and why he was put with Reagan, because he controlled the money in the GOP. And I attribute a lot of Reagan's bad policies, and there were some, there were quite a bit, to George Bush Sr. I'm lucky enough to remember when the real scoundrel, Nixon, was rightfully thrown out of office. Now, ironically, Watergate wasn't the reason he should have been thrown out of office. It was the other atrocities he did. But this particular buffoon not only is a is, is the example of everything wrong in politics, everything, everything, stands up there in his $3,000 suit, never had a job in his life. That would be one thing. We had, to, we had to face that with Barack Obama. But what this person represents is American weakness on all fronts. Americans inabil- America's inability to tell the truth. Joe Biden is unfit to be the president. It's that simple. And it's almost, it's almost easy. Misty picks the clips when he's talking. It's almost easy. Every one of them, a segment. Every one of them, a lie. Every one of them. An absolute joke. Look, I'm a capitalist. But capitalism without competition is not capitalism. It's exploitation. Exploitation is what Joe Biden has used to wear the $3,000 suit and buy the DuPont mansions. What Joe Biden represents is everything wrong in American corporatism, not capitalism. Joe Biden is a political hitman for sale. 
And as long as you bribed the Biden family, you were able to bastardize American capitalism. So when he says that, that's a joke. And I would love to prove it eight ways to Tuesday. But this man is incapable of reality. He doesn't understand it because he doesn't live in it. He's not aware of it. It's a sad thing to watch him speak. It's an aggravating thing because no one likes to be lied to their face. No one. Thank you, Mr. President. I know some of my colleagues will get into some specific issues, but I wanted to zoom out on your first year in office. Inflation is up. Uh, Your signature domestic legislation is stalled in Congress. In a few hours from now, the Senate, uh, an effort in the Senate to deal with voting rights and voting uh, voting reform legislation is going to fail. COVID-19 is still taking the lives of 1,500 Americans every day. And the nation's divisions are just as raw as they were a year ago. Did you overpromise to the American public what you could achieve in your first year in office? And how do you plan to course correct going forward? Now, this is an important question. He laid out what are the obvious failings. He didn't touch upon the major one, which is the absolute unfettered inflation. Absolute atrocious. Did, did you know that today's a great day if you are Vladimir Putin? When oil rallies, he rakes it in. Rakes it in. All of the enemies of America, as Joe Biden cut the hamstring, the Achilles tendon of America, by making us energy dependent again, more so than ever. They love the Biden administration. They've never been in a better financial position. So think about that on the, on, on the other hand, that they, that's not mentioned here. How are you going to change course? Now, if Joe Biden was capable of thought, if he wasn't suffering from dementia, it would be an interesting question. But his answer reveals that what I'm doing is not accusing him. I'm explaining exactly what we have in the White House. This man is detached from our reality. Why are you such an optimist? Look, I didn't overpromise. And what I have probably uh, outperformed what anybody thought would happen. The fact of the matter is that uh, we're in a situation where uh, we have made enormous progress. You mentioned the number of deaths from COVID. Well, it was uh, three times that. No, it never was. It never was, you moron with the blank stare and the doll hair sewn to your head. It never was. So right there, he's completely detached from what we live with every day in our own reality. Long ago. It's coming down. Everything's changing. It's getting better. Look, um, I didn't overpromise, but I think if you take a look at what we've been able to do, uh, you'd have to acknowledge we made enormous progress. But one of the things that I think is something that uh, one thing I haven't been able to do so far is get my Republican friends to get in the game of making things better in this country. Everything you've done since you usurped the most powerful office in the world has made things worse for America. Your plan is not to strengthen America. It's to enrich your friends, which is why you point to bills that spend money to your party's campaign contributors, to big pharma, to corporatism throughout the land. You've done nothing but harm the quality of life for every citizen that is not in on your scam. Aside from that, he's been talking for over an hour, and I'm pretty sure his socks are wet. Think about this. What are Republicans for? What are they for? 
Here's what we're for. We're for the absolute absence of government fascism. This is what we're for. We're for the removal of mitigation of our economy and our freedoms. We are for the reestablishment of American principles, of the rights of the citizens, and a representative republic where you are not pharaohs and gods, where you are just representing our freedoms, our wants, and not your corruption. See, but this is nothing a Democrat understands because what they demand is to be slaves. They just want to sleep in the master's house. That's what a Democrat is. They mean one thing they're for. And so the problem here is that I think what's happens, what I have to do in the, in the change in, in tactic, if you will, I have to make clear to the American people what we are for. We passed a lot. We passed a lot of things that people don't even understand what's all that's in it, understandable. Because you passed bills that were thousands of pages long that none of the people read. In fact, this is something that we should be talking about. I don't think the Democrat politicians can read the bills. I certainly don't think they can understand them. I think the Democrats that refuse to recognize the reality of what we're living in are economic illiterates, are worse. They're ignorant to the oath they took to protect the principles of that Americanism as they work tirelessly to bastardize and corrupt them. But here's the good news. I want to give you some good news before we take the call. The good news is everybody sees it. And Sam Stein, uh, this morning political morning consult has new polling out on Biden's first year. What does it tell us? Well, it's we, we asked uh, respondents to give him a, a letter grade. Um, and the reason for doing that was not to be cheeky about it, um, but to get a measurement of just what the uh, actual attitudes were. For instance, if it's all B's and C's, people think he's doing an okay job, but maybe could do better. What we found was a little bit alarming for Biden, which is a lot of people gave him an F, and that's a measurement of just how much hatred uh, there is for him, especially on the right. 69% of self-identified Republicans giving him an F grade suggests that this isn't just antipathy towards Biden. It's, it's, um, it's, it's much more than that. It's much more emotional. The thing that really jumped out to me is when we measured it on the issues, uh, and we asked for... Uh, uh, letter grades on the issue of unity, um, which is this is Joe Biden. I mean, like, let's not overstate. This guy is not exactly the most, you know, uh, he's not a progressive. He's a moderate. He he is a unifying figure. I think objectively or tries to be. He that's why they ran him by forty percent of the public on that grade. And that that's why they ran him. And that's why he's that. This is what he's doing in this South Side Irish pimp. Come out in your suit, smile flirt with the with the reporters and try to answer without answering this is how he's been elected from the state built on tax evasion called delaware this is what he is so this is what he's doing he does not have the understanding or the gravitas to see what's happening in our foreign policy although he's a foreign policy expert he doesn't understand how much he's enriched the enemies of america like vladimir putin how much he's emboldened them with his very presence of ignorance the worst thing for this country is to wheel out this buffoon. It's bad enough there are Democrats, scum, and Marxists, and communists, and Soviets that hamstrung us with his presence. Let's not flaunt it to the world as America is disgraced yet again by wheeling out this political whore. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. 
Yeah, you better get on that old wartime music. Because Rootin' Tootin' Putin, I can't believe he hasn't already invaded. I can't believe any enemy of America hasn't looked at today's speech by this feeble fascist, moron, professional liar, whore, and done whatever they wanted to do. Of course, you could just sit back and rake in the, the financial profits of this idiot destroying the American economy and enriching all of the foreign adversaries. I guess they could just sit back and rake it in. Teresa on the Gold Coast. Hey, Sean. Um, you know, I'll tell you, I think I watched about one minute and 30 seconds of that speech, and this guy's beyond nuts. I mean, seriously, other countries watch this and are laughing their butts off. I mean, I need a stiff drink after watching this. Seriously, I want to know how many. Crazy. I want to know how many doctors are watching this. I'm dead serious. This is a tragedy. Yeah. This is a travesty and a tragedy. Yeah. Because what yes, what, what, he's, what he has shown is that there are no standards. There are no standards. We we all know. Look at pick a Democrat hellhole. Pick one. New York, New Jersey. Pick one and take a look at the politicians. Take a look at their history. Take a look at their relatives. Take a look at the sons that are lobbyists. There are no standards among Democrats, which is why they live in such attractive areas. And it's always desirable to live near a Democrat. Uh, It it is just a despicable display. But this is America's dark ages. And the problem is, is, if I had to listen to it, and later in the speech he goes on to discuss how much he can do to nationalize voting rights, which which is the way a Democrat says turn it into Cicero or Cook County through executive order, of which he's willing to do. The problem is, in any contract law, anywhere around the the world, someone who is mentally incapacitated cannot sign a legal document. I think everything this idiot signed could be ripped out on that that basis alone. So if we had standards, if we had Republicans, they'd be challenging that. And that's exactly what a Republican congressman or a Republican senator should do. We have executive orders that are signed by a man who is suffering from dementia. Why don't they tell us how many drugs this guy's on? Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I think this guy, to get him up, I think they propped him up on Viagra B12, maybe a little uh, caffeine. He's on something. And uh, when you see him speak, you see that he is mentally incapacitated. He needs to be removed and impeached. And uh, the problem is Democrats are in power. They have no standards. They have no limitation of failure. They'll just take it because all they really want is more welfare. And uh, it doesn't matter. Gas prices don't matter. They don't want you to drive. They don't understand what oil is. They think it's just gas. Gas is a small byproduct. Oil is everything. When you have this kind of rally, when you have to buy it from your enemies, you're making them rich as you make yourself weak. They don't understand that. Mary Lucia, ABC. Thank you, Mr. President. You mentioned your Republican colleagues, but right now your top two legislative priorities, your social spending package and voting rights legislation, are stalled, blocked by your own party after months of negotiation. You are only guaranteed control of Washington for one more year before the midterms. Do you need to be more realistic and scale down these priorities in order to get something passed? No. There you go. There you go. There's the intellect of our country right there. Don't answer the question. Just come on with that old man. I want my soup. It's not hot enough. Go ahead. It's preposterous. Robert in Bloomingdale. You know, Sean, I was, how you doing? We were listening to him, and I had to walk out about two minutes. I mean, I couldn't handle it. My wife said there was nothing of nothing of substance, you know, a bunch of softball-type questions. And really, when you listen to someone like Governor DeSantis or President Trump, it's refreshing to hear people who can actually think and talk on their feet. I'll what tell you, you what. 
I, I, I think you could, you, to compare him to Republicans is the game they want to play a division. I think you could compare him to Democrats. Compare him to Democrats that ran against him. I disagreed with their policies, but they had their faculties. And when you're, when you're posed with this kind of failure that our country is going through, this kind of feudalism, and your answer is no, I'm not going to change anything, I wonder how many seniors, how many delusional seniors, voted for this thinking that Joe Biden would help them. Your Madam Speaker, on November 12th, Medicare announced the largest Part B premium increase in the history of the Medicare program, 14%. Why wasn't that asked the question? That wasn't asked the question. That's the seniors, right? That's that free cheese you thought was going to be great, isn't it? That's the one when, when George W. Bush expanded the government welfare of Medicare. Everybody said it was great. Notice what they're, what they're running, what, what's, what's killing our economy. Notice what's drowning us, the quicksand of socialism. And yet, they continue to run on expanding exactly what's bankrupting us. Uh, this could not come at a worse time in terms of, again, the, the cost of living that uh, many seniors are facing. Looking closely at that decision, one of the dr- driving factors was the uh, projected cost of the drug Aduhelm, which was priced at $56,000 per year for uh, Alzheimer's patients. Let's get him on a drip. I'll pay the 56000 Let's get this dimwit on a drip because we've got this poor, helpless, feckless, destructive fascist in charge making things terrible and it's not even a year tomorrow's a year oh my word craig mount greenwood oh hey sean thanks for taking my call hey listen i see this from a little different angle here so i'm listening to this diaper demented derelict and everything like that he's soiling himself in front of the whole world and everything like that the dumb rats put him out there for a reason i'm thinking they're ready to toss this dude overboard they're ready to dump him and get rid of him and everything. They put him in a, in a home like you're talking about. I think about. they should. They know. I think they should, and it would be wonderful if they did. But they're not going to because he is, in their opinion, their likable foil. Their likable foil that people are used to. And they get to parade him out, and they have an excuse for the failure ultimately when everything really fails because we're just in the beginning. This is just the beginning. Picture a year from now, and I know everyone thinks the Republicans are going to win what if it's the Republicans, like John McCain, who he longs for in this speech? 312-642-5600. Donna Marie, you're first. I love the name. We'll be back after this. Great song. Let's do all war-era movies. Something, something tells me we're going, baby. You know, I had this friend of mine at the Merck who was a great guy. Great guy, big fat guy. He had a head you could shoe horses on. He's just a big fat guy. And uh, he met this girl, and I never liked her. Mean as a snake. Really mean. And not only that, really unattractive. I mean, really unattractive. And he marries her. So every day complains about the wife. And I'm thinking in my head, plus, she's ugly. What the hell are you doing? So she says, oh, you know, she's going to meet us one night. And she comes in the restaurant, and she must have tripped and fell into the makeup tray. It was the first time in a year I saw her with her hair washed, and she had some semblance of makeup on. And she came and sat down, and he said, oh, look it, you look fantastic. I thought to myself, boy, oh, boy, fantastic's a stretch. But I guess when you live with somebody who beats down your standards, sooner or later you're willing to accept anything. We've got a call from a woman who has my mother's name. I love it, and I think she's suffering from that same affliction. Donna Marie on the South Side. Oh, hi. How are you? 
Wonderful. Thank you How for taking you? my call, sir. I love you, love your show. Thank my you. question is, I did watch President Biden speak. My first, my first assessment, I, I am clinical, my first assessment is he was clearly much more focused. He was answering the questions other than those two episodes of whispering into the microphone. He was speaking quite clearly, although he was prepped and he had the answers and the questions were uh, pre-approved. Is there anybody in the audience who is an expert in dementia, Alzheimer's, whatever, what medication could they possibly have given him to make him so focused and alert? Because I heard his answers, and it was the blah, 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 and talking about the oil in Russia and so forth, and it was just a bunch of bogus answers to make us feel uh, that he was going to protect us and that he would go after Russia if they invade the Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. So I want to know, is there anybody in your audience that could supply some information or clarification? Something tells me whoever whoever gave it to him was Pfizer, because he's made, they've made a tremendous amount of money in the Biden administration. But I will tell you this. I lived with a, uh, a relative, my grandfather, who had early signs of dementia. And there's a one quick tell. And we had a doctor friend. And you know what that is? When they blink, it looks like their eyes aren't blinking in the same rhythm. I want you to relook at the video and look at his eyes, and you tell me if this son of a gun isn't blinking it like he's like he's sending SOS signals. Thank you very much, Donna Marie. Love the name. Oh, I hung up on Donna Marie, but there's a reason. Verlon, Southside. All right, I got two things for you, Sean. One, one bad, one good. Now I'm gonna give you the bad first. Now this voters' right act that they're trying to pass under the shade of John Lewis's name. These are people that hate the Electoral College. They think it's racist, and they think it's out of state. And they think the popular vote should rule the land. They don't believe in the right of state to hold free and fair elections. And that's what this should be called, the Popular Vote Act. Because if they do it nationally, it'll be the popular vote. It's not going to be voters' rights. It'll be be the national popular vote. It won't be in the Electoral College anymore. The, 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 if you've read Marx, what he advocated for was mobocracy, where 51% voted the 49% into slavery, and before you knew it, they all were. They called that the Soviet Union. So it should be called the Mobocracy Act, and that's exactly what they're advocating. And not only that, what they're mimicking is what keeps sewers and hellholes that are ghettos throughout our nation, Democrat cities, it's what keeps those Democrat scoundrels in politics. It's to forever legitimize a fraudulent vote. And there's many ways to fraud a vote. Frauding a vote isn't just because Queen of Heaven somehow has a miraculous turnout every year. Fraudulent vote is through labor extortion mafias and intimidation. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Somebody, somebody was walking up to the wrong car. They, thought, uh, they were trying to get into my car. Okay, yeah, well, on the south side, you might be some of that ghetto ride sharing. If he's got a gun, just get the hell out of the car, all right? What else you got? He walked away. He walked away. Okay, here's the good. All right. The, um, the good thing about Build Back Better not being passed is that the uh, child tax credit scams are over. If you don't work a job, you won't get a refund. The only people going to get a refund is people who work all year. Because in the Build Back Better, the child tax credit, the Democrats put the child tax credit in it to try to get Build Back Better passed. And since it's not being passed, there's no child tax credit scams to people that haven't worked. Verlon, so when, you come, over, when you come over to the store and you give me some talking points, what do I normally do to those? You, you tear them apart. All right. Well, uh, listen for this. Will you please? 
Your comment that you made that you're confident yes. that major chunks of Build Back yes. Better can pass, are you breaking it up? Does that yes. It, well, uh, it's clear to me that... Did you hear him answer real fast? Yes. Are you breaking it up? Yes. And it'll be stuffed into more welfare bills. It'll be stuffed into more of the platform of the socialists. They are going to pass Build Back Better in 50,000 little pieces. That's how they exist. And the child credit you're celebrating, rightfully so, discounts the fact that at the same time, They've shaved $900 a family. They put it back in to specific families they want under their infrastructure bill. And that started yesterday in New York. Don't take your eye off the ball, my friend. They are not going to lose. They will continue to spend us into oblivion because they've learned the most valuable lesson in politics. The more they fail, the more the morons among us ask for their help and give up their freedoms. That's why Democrat sewers are the way they are after 100 years of one-party rule. We used to call it Chicago, and that's why that clear, obvious, good citizen tried to get in your car. He wasn't drinking and didn't want to steal it at all. Brett, Midway. Hey, I just wanted to say that I didn't think Joe Biden's speech was that bad because that's what I came, That's what I have uh, learned to expect from politicians. <laughs> uh, just, uh, sidestepping and lying and... Uh, Putting on a face, you know. Yeah, that's that's uh, like my friend. Sooner or later, you get used to the ugly girl drooling on the pillow, and next thing you know, you're at your 50th anniversary. Have some standards, Brett. I will not let you. I will help you, Brett. I will help I you get through this. You have better standards than Joe Biden. After all, well, you're a working man. Well, hold on, I got got one more thing. Uh, right. One thing I wanted to ask you for your perspective was the one reporter that had asked Joe Biden. Uh, he doesn't actually have any control over inflation because he's uh, deferring that question to the Federal Reserve. So uh, what, what's the Federal Reserve's role in this, and why are we beholden to them? The Federal Reserve's mission since 1913 was to stabilize markets. Since 1913, we've had various recessions and crashes and inflation, bouts of inflation. They are feckless. Not only that, they are corrupt, and they have a wonderful scheme. It's called monetized debt. And any, any country with any kind of sense of right and wrong would find out exactly who's making money out of all of these politicians, none of the people, agreeing to put future generations into debt into the tune where they can never get out. And it is why so many Democrat voters find the futility in working, because we've now allowed politicians to raise tax rates to 35% of your income, 45%, 55%. We have turned the idea of freedom and capitalism into an extortion, exploitation game of corporatism, where somehow the government's your partner when you make money, and yet when you lose money, they use you as a weapon against anybody else who makes it. So this is a real system of, of the citizens taking their eye off the ball and turning over certain rights to their property and their life that America was never intended to, to, to let you do in America. You were supposed to be protected from this kind of extortion. We've gotten used to it when you really think about it, Brett. Do people even wiggle when the, the government and, and local, state, and federal take 60%, 70% of their money? Do they even wiggle when you could live in the city of Chicago and have your house value go down every day, yet your property taxes go up, all in the name of some education, that the same kids you're paying to educate are trying to get in your car? No. So you've got, you've got people who are beaten down by mediocrity, and those are those first standards you called about. When you're willing to accept this mediocrity as not so bad, and I'm not saying you, I'm just saying in general, 
It's human. It's 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 the low expectations of constantly being deceived. And before you know it, you got a moron who's never had a job in a three thousand dollar suit who's worth hundreds of millions of dollars in his crackhead son, and people are turning to him for answers. Thank you very much, Brett. I had to go to break. I went long. I'll be back with the rest of your calls after this. Yes, Bonnie, I'm telling you, she was really, really unattractive. Looked like roast beef with a wig. Oh, we're back? All right, sorry. All right, let's go to the lines. Tim Hoopston. I don't even know where the hell Hoopston is. Hi, Tim. Hey, Sean. Uh, This is Tim in Hoopston, Illinois, about uh, 20 miles north of Danville, if that helps. Sure, sure. How you doing? Uh, anyhow, I'm not a medical expert at all. Uh, I don't work in that field in any way, but uh, I am a talk radio junkie. And the question that was posed by a previous caller in regards to what could they possibly have Joe Biden on, um, the answer that he got from a medical professional that did call into the show was Adderall. Oh. Uh, couldn't even tell you what that's used for. Well, the college girls of- like to use it to diet. I knew that, and it's, it's originally for... Uh- ADHD, or as we used to call it ah. in school, boredom. Um, it's it's interesting. I like it. And now Misty Callahan wants to put me on it. So thank you, Tim, for the uh, for the call. I truly appreciate it. Thank you very well, much. Adderall is one. All right. I do not have ADHD. Don <laughs> in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean. Hey, you know what? We've got a lame duck president in his first year. <laughs> he's, he's 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 done one thing that he said he was going to do. He was going to unify us. We all hate him, and now he's very dangerous because he's got everything falling around, uh, falling apart around him, and he's going to go to war. That's what they do. That's and here's what do. here's what people are not talking about: Vladimir Putin, since Barack Obama was in office, really since George W. Bush was in, has been both buying gold and colluding with our enemies to break the American strength of the dollar by showing the rest of the world we do not deserve the honor. So he has been working tirelessly with Iran, with China, with Turkey, with Syria, with North Korea. He's working with them all. He's also been luring Saudi Arabia. Now he stands to make a fortune every day because he is the energy supplier to Germany, England, and half of Europe. They need that son of a gun. So when they wiggle, he just turns the knob a little bit to the righty-tighty, and then they stop wiggling. He's got us, and people don't want to talk about it. And who's in charge is this moron? And I don't know if you got to see it. I don't think Misty was able to cut it because it was you know we were going into the show. He has this thing where he talks. He says, I better not say more. Like, he's threatening Russia. He doesn't understand. They must have taken all the mirrors out of the White House. He doesn't understand he is a feeble old man. He's not even a man anymore. He doesn't scare anybody. He makes people, he emboldens our enemies. He's weak and he's worthless. And if there are people who think I'm wrong, then explain Afghanistan, where the Taliban is now getting foreign aid from us. That's another policy we need to rip apart. We're paying these son of a dogs. Thank you very much, Don. You almost got me to swear. You know, they they get mad when I swear. I don't want to swear. But after all. Joe Biden's in charge. What could go wrong? Does not want any full-blown war, number one. Number two, do I think he'll test the West, test the United States and NATO as, as uh, significantly as he can? Yes, I think he will. Uh-huh. But I think he'll pay a serious and dear price for it. He's outflanked you, stupid, and your stupid, stupid cabinet. 
He's outflanked you. You think Vladimir Putin's afraid of you or Pete Buttigieg? He just wants to know. He'll call you when he wants Pete Buttigieg to answer, how do I get Merlot out of Kashmir? No one in your administration scares anybody. You just make them laugh. And now you're doing it to our enemies, you moron. And he doesn't think now will cost him what it's going to cost him. And I think he'll regret having done it. You know, if we had an investigative reporter, they'd figure out how much money Putin made just today on the increase of oil. Just today. He's afraid of Biden. He laughs at this feeble fascist moron. 312-642-5600. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. That are certain when the government touches it. I don't care what industry it is. When the government touches it, two things happen. The costs go parabolic. They skyrocket. The quality goes in the opposite direction every single time. I just paid for my two kids' college tuition for this new semester. The amount of, of college costs has increased in such a manner... It's astonishing if you were unaware of what the policies were under Barack Obama. Just the student loan program alone. See, it was a problem, and Barack Obama and the Democrats thought they'd help. Student debt was about $380 billion, so Barack Obama wanted to get in the student debt business. It's now roughly $1.7 trillion. That's never been higher. Costs never been higher because the government wanted to touch it. J.P. Green is a senior research fellow at the Heritage Foundation Center for Education Policy. I wanted to bring him on to tell us more ways we're subsidizing these indoctrination camps of Marxism. Jay, thank you so much for coming on. Well, thanks for having me on the show. And I have to say, I grew up listening to WIND in Chicago, so I'm, I'm really proud to be on your show. Full circle, baby. We love that. And um, th- what's happened is the listener, because it's Chicago, has gotten more beat up financially, because we've uh, managed to keep electing Democrats. So we understand the failures of political parties, and we understand the failures of government. But I don't think too many people are aware of your specialty and exactly the explanation in why taxpayer subsidies in universities has just made things very, very expensive and really changing the game. When you have to pay tuition for your kid to go to college and it's 50000 a year for one, it has a way of changing the future for not just that kid, but for the people who help that kid. Is that not so? It's true. But, you know, in our latest study here, we found something worse oh, than the government making college more expensive for, for families in Illinois. We actually found that not only are they making it more expensive, but they're using taxpayer dollars to subsidize the research agendas of billionaires. That's what we found. So, so. Foundations make research grants to, to universities, like the University of Illinois, and they have to pay for overhead on those grants. Now, if taxpayers give a grant, so if the federal government gives a grant to the University of Illinois, 
they pay 58.6% overhead. However, so, if foundations pay... Mm-hmm. So let me understand this. Sure. So if the, if, if the University of uh, Illinois gets a yeah. grant for $10 million, let's just round numbers, or let's just do a million dollars. For a million dollars, they get a grant. The people of Illinois, did you say 53 or 58%? 58.6%. So the people so they, of Illinois pay pay $586,000 for that grant. Uh, in addition to paying for the grant, they pay for overhead. These are <laughs> items not specified. Overhead, for the, this is just for, for not specified costs. So they for every dollar taxpayers pay for research, they pay another... cents for overhead. But if Bill Gates does it at the University of Illinois, or Jeff Bezos does it, or 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 Mark Zuckerberg do it, they pay zero. So so taxpayers this is a situation where taxpayers are paying three bucks a gallon for gas or three fifty a gallon for gas. I don't know what it is in Illinois right now. It's a little cheaper where I am. But um Billionaires are paying a nickel, um, and so it's a weird subsidy where money is going from taxpayers to billionaires to subsidize the research agendas of billionaires. And by the way, their research agendas are overwhelmingly left-wing agendas. And so that's part of how we're fueling nonsense at universities is that we're forcibly taking money from taxpayers and we're giving it to, to subsidize, to fuel the, the research agendas of left-wing billionaires. You know what never ceases to amaze me? Is that I'm a Chicagoan. And when you go through Chicago, when you drive through these areas, even the kids that, I, I, I would say 60%, have never been to college. Yet those are the very kids and people that will be paying this cost for this elite kleptocracy, which is, there, there's no other way to describe it. This is a crime. This is outrageous, and there are virtually nobody, no people, no citizens that are aware of it. Is that right? I think that's right. It's the reverse of what progressives claim they're doing. They claim they're redistributing from the rich to the poor. But when it comes to higher education, it goes the other way around. The poor are paying taxes to subsidize the rich. They're subsidizing them by subsidizing their college loans, subsidizing by direct appropriation to the University of Illinois. And in the case of research grants, they're subsidizing billionaires by paying for the overhead costs of those grants. Because the University of Illinois doesn't charge billionaires for overhead. It does charge taxpayers. Now, I've always been fascinated at the endowments these institutions have. I mean, they're in the... Billions and billions and billions, hundreds of billions of dollars. Why in the world does government give a school that's holding firm hundreds of billions of dollars, still giving them money? In what planet is that legitimate and not just an absolute scam perpetrated on the citizens of all communities? Sure. Well, the the joke about you know, places like Yale and Harvard that have really big um, uh uh, endowments. I mean, we're, we're talking, uh, you know, tens of billions of dollars in endowment. Uh, the joke is that they're basically hedge funds with a uh, with a with a school attached. Um, so, I mean, their main activity is, and their biggest source of revenue is, is as a hedge fund. Now, does this explain in in certain parts 
the the parabolic increase to tuition payments? Because I'm old, but I'm not that old. And, you know, college 30 years ago was affordable for people to pay for themselves. When Barack Obama announced he was going to help, I knew, you know, whenever they touch something, it's just insanity. You're talking about mediocre schools. I, I, even a Big Ten school, 50,000, 60,000. We've got DePaul, 75,000. How does this change? Is, or is it just, this is just something that the people who are like me and stubborn and refuse to go on welfare of any kind, they're just going to be ground down under this Ponzi scheme and fraud of tuition. Yeah, I look, I think it's unsustainable. Things that cannot be sustained will end. So, so look, I think your listeners should have confidence that, that it's worth speaking up on issues like this. It's worth being active um, uh, because, um, in the end, uh, I, I think this system will be brought down and, and reforms will be made because, because it's just not sustainable. And, you know, as you mentioned at the beginning, the multiple trillions in, in student debt are not sustainable, and they can't be forgiven by the Treasury because that's not really the Treasury. That's the taxpayer. That's you and me forgiving that debt, and we can't afford it. Uh, you know, I, so I was amazed when that happened. I was amazed when that happened. And, you know, I listen, I, I've known for decades we're a socialist country. I fight against it every day, but the reality is we're a socialist country. And I was truly... I I, not yet. I think the fight is still worth fighting. I oh, I think it's worth are... fighting. I fight it every day. But when you look at the programs that are taking it down, us down, in every direct, every program is socialist. When you, how did Barack Obama? What I mean, he was the president, and it's a bill. How how did politicians link the cost and the risk and the liability and the massive explosion in student debt to the people? How is that even? I I, I still can't believe it's 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 legal. Well, you know, uh, they basically once once they took over uh, having the federal government as the sole originator of student loans, they basically turned the taxpayers into the bank, making loans to, on average, wealthier people to go to college. And when the taxpayers became the bank, the, the temptation for the politicians, which they can't resist, is to have the bank forgive the loan but the bank is you and me right and so mm-hmm. it, it, it's completely irresponsible to have the federal government as the sole originator of student loans because then endlessly politicians are going to want to uh forgive those loans at the taxpayer's expense but to the to the clear benefit of the people who have outstanding debt who well, will be very grateful and vote for whoever basically forgives their debt and, and essentially handing them money. Jay, we have a new unique problem. We have Congress birthing people and others who are now voting and carrying student debt. These same people who are making $175,000 a year are now voting on eliminating not just kids' debt, their own debt. And it somehow has become a platform of the Democrat mafia so I, I beg to differ. By the time we're done with this conversation, my friend, you will t- be agreeing with me that we are already a socialist <laughs> country. And then here's, an- <laughs> here's another thing, Jay, that I find despicable and disgusting. And this is something that happens in these upper-crust Mercedes Marxist sewers neighborhoods of Chicago, Winnetka, the Gold Coast. And that is the, their rich Democrat lawyer scoundrel fathers 
disinherit their kids through filing documentation, and then those kids now qualify for loans. How in the world are we? Are, is it 1935 and we're acting like we, we don't have the Internet and we can't figure out what the hell is going on? There's billions, if not tens of billions of dollars that have been hoisted upon the backs of the working people of this country by parents who could afford to send their kid to college but want to work the system scam. How do we fix that? Can we fix look, that? Look, you, you don't have to disinherit your kids to get a federal student loan. I mean, you have to, you'd have to be, um, there's an income test for getting um, things like a Pell Grant, which, are, which are, are not loans but are grants. But to get a loan, you don't have to be poor. And you don't have to demonstrate any any uh, income limitation, and so you know rich folks can can get access to loans from the taxpayer at, at subsidized rates that that they can then vote for politicians who will tell them they don't have to repay it. It's a scam. You're right. It's a complete scam. And yes, the, people want free stuff. Um, uh, and, but the problem is they have to take it from someone else to have it be free. Well, Jay, this is like playing dice with Big Jilly from Guys and Dolls. He just remembers where the dots are. It's it, it, it's just it's just sickening, brother. But I want to thank you. And, and, you know, I always have somebody on from the Heritage Foundation because I have the utmost respect for you. Is there any way well, I can thanks go? thanks a lot. I mean, I, I'd love to be, be back on any time. Uh, I'd like to, to, to can, shout out to, to all my friends and family from back home who might be listening. Can you uh, get me in one of those meetings where they smoke pipes and have the elbow patches? Can you get me in one of those? <laughs> no? All right. Well, I don't think that's allowed anymore. You work know. on it. We'll have a good time. I'll bring cigars. J.P. Green from the Heritage Foundation, thank you so much for joining me, and thank you for depressing so many people. But they needed to be distracted. After all, there's a shooting on the Bishop Ford, and they're stuck in traffic. So thank you very much. Oh, I no. truly, I well, truly appreciate you coming. Hope everyone is safe, and thanks again for having me on. All right, wonderful. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. I always love when people listen and we expose what is an obvious scam, an absolute fraud perpetrated on the people once again, the children, the children, 28,000 a year for what you see at CPS, 50,000, 50,000 per student in higher education, not to mention the grifts and the scams, but Trump, uh, Trump uh, misled people on this value of his property. And we're going to go after him. I want to talk to Matt in Montino. Hi, Matt. Sean, what's up, buddy? Um, yeah, I've, I've been working in higher ed for almost 20 years now in the Chicagoland area. you got some and stories. I just, I, I've got some stories. I've seen all sorts of different ways of gaming the system. There's, there's, uh, I mean, I could, I could talk to you for hours about it. Um, but one of the main things, when we talk about the debt that we're in as a country, you know, that $5 trillion, whatever it is, it's not necessarily happening. At, it's not necessarily happening exclusively at the undergraduate level. So yeah, students are borrowing at the undergraduate level, but there's limits to how much they can borrow. But once they go for that master's degree, and 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 we're at a point now where, you know, it used to be you, you had a high school degree that meant something. You could go out and you could get a you could get a career, and in some ways you still can. But now it's almost like you need that bachelor's degree. It's almost it's, it's this thing that you need almost as much as you used to need a high school degree. So now. The bachelor's degree isn't as, isn't nearly as as uh, as useful as it used to be. So now people think they need to get a master's degree. Well, 
some people go ahead and they get these master's degrees. And when you go in for a graduate degree, you can borrow from the federal government and federal loans $20,500 a year. So what we have happened, I'm not going to tell you where I work. No, but I, work no, at I don't, a, want, to at a, I don't a, want to get you in trouble. I, I work, at a, I work at, a, at a state school, and it's a very affordable state school. All you have to be is enrolled in six credit hours, which is half-time enrollment. So let's just say six times. So let's just say your bill is three thousand dollars. Okay, right. if you're taking two classes, three thousand dollars, you can borrow at the graduate level twenty thousand five hundred dollars a year. So that's oh. ten thousand two hundred fifty dollars semester. So these students will borrow, and they will take the full ten two fifty. It'll pay for their three thousand dollars in tuition and fees, and they're walking away with do the math, you know, between six and seven thousand dollars in federal we call it a refund a semester they're subsidized they're sub per semester and they're subsidizing that's what that's like it's added to you know all the other oh. welfare systems that we have in place oh my so, word, man uh, and we and we have students that will that will get ad- admitted into these graduate programs and they have no reason being in these graduate programs because they can't even write a sentence sean but the admissions criteria is so watered down because it's all it's a big it's a business about putting butts in seats so we will admit you if you have a pulse, and if you've got a pulse, you're admitted into a graduate program, and then you're sitting around, you're looking at yourself, you're like, I've got a graduate degree, I've got a master's degree, how in the heck do I have a master's degree, and I'm looking at these people that are in these master's programs, and they can't even read or write. Yeah. But they're in there, and, and, they're, and they're borrowing as much as they possibly can, and, and, and there's, there's even, there's, so there's lifetime limits on what you can borrow. Once you get past those lifetime limits, there are things called graduate plus loans, where there's really no limit on that. These are other types of federal loans that you can borrow. And Jeez. they're borrowing as much as they can in that. So people are getting over, you know, they've got, you know, the lifetime borrowing limit at the graduate and undergraduate combined is $130,000 approximately. Once these people reach that borrowing limit, they're going on and they're borrowing these things called graduate plus loans, which are also federal loans. And they're just, they're, they're in school exclusively to get the, the loan money. They're, they, they're, they're, maybe they're in their 50s or they're in their 60s. They're not going to do anything with this master's degree, even if they actually get to the finish line and get the degree. They are in it just to borrow the loan money. Um, and they know, Sean, like you and me know, they're never going to pay these loans off in their lifetime. They're already in their, they're, 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 they're already, you know. And now they can 50, vote. 60. They can vote and they can call their Congress birthing person who has the same debt. And they can yes. make laws to make to just simply eliminate it and make everybody Absolutely. pay. It is, it is an absolute scam. It's, oh, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a ginormous scam, Sean. You're all over it, bud. Take man, care. Thank you, brother. Oh, that's aggravating. That's aggravating. Just remember, it's worse for at least somebody on the Bishop Ford who was shot on her way home by another Democrat-based voting member. 312-642-5600. I'll take all your calls when I get back. always have better music than Russian. I don't want to learn Russian. Such an ugly language. Good people. Ugly language. Um, Did you know that up until PPP, up until PPP, which is an entirely ginormous fraud, and we're going to get numbers on that throughout the next few years, there was only one loan that anyone could take without true disclosure. When you sign a loan of any kind, It is law that the entire amount you pay must be disclosed to you, not student loans. They prey on the kids. 
kids who are not sophisticated in any form of economic responsibility for the most part. And I would say that was true 20 years ago. It's absolutely true now, as kids have no understanding of economics whatsoever. I'm still shocked when I go to a real estate closing on somebody who is going to borrow money, and they don't understand. I, I, I only borrowed... 300,000. Why does this document say in 30, you know, when I pay it off, it'll be 900,000? Because that's what it costs to borrow money. There's fees, there's interest rates, there's all kinds of costs. It isn't just free money, but we live in a society now that doesn't understand or want to know what the responsibilities of borrowing or earning or being a decent human being are. We're in a society now where people are born into entitlements. The problem is those bankers, those money bundlers who take advantage of kids, who take advantage of people, they never go to jail. After all, you're about to elect one as the Secretary of State. Just take a look at Alexei Janulius's family and their wonderful banking schemes. Take a look at how many people went to jail for the economic fraud perpetrated on America from the 90s up until 2008. How many went to jail for the derivative scheme? And I'm I'm for derivatives. I'm not for the fraud in derivatives. That's, that's for Econ 102. And to see what's happening to these kids and the parents that can't pay, and to see that the fact that they're hamstringing themselves for the vast majority of their life is scandalous. So now when you see these people take advantage of kids, re- remember, it's the government that's lying to the children. Leanne Hampshire. Hey, Sean. Um, my husband and I went to a college night with our oldest son when he was a uh, sophomore, junior in high school. They had a panel of representatives from a couple local, uh, Aurora University, a couple other universities, state universities. And this was just when people were, the light bulb was going on about the student debt that students were taking on and the parents and everything. And one of the representatives with an entirely straight face said to the whole auditorium of parents who were sitting there, said, well, student debt is the good kind of debt because you can also get a mortgage with it. And And that's something that they lobbied for. Did you know that? That right there is another problem you have in, in, in housing lending. They have lobbied the government to be able to separate that so that it does not impugn the kids in their cost of getting mm-hmm. a mortgage, which is why so many yeah, of them default on both. It's a travesty. Yeah, they go more into debt, and yeah. this and a parent said, that makes no sense at all. And yeah. I mean, these experts, these people, and they wonder why we don't... Leanne, I, I, I honestly, not to, not, to, not to... I'm not trying to be braggadocious. That's why I have so many businesses. I work tirelessly because I have two kids. I am paying exorbitant amount my wife works this is all we do because we do not want to see the children's hampered with that not to mention they don't qualify for anything because of such the way in which it's scammed for them to not qualify unless i pulled one of those winnetka tricks where i file some paperwork and disown them and then they can go get whatever they want it's just a true scam thank you leanne well maybe we'll get a refunds when they you know when they start making it free then the people that have paid and should get it all refunded right there there is no such thing as free and if you paid guess what you're a sucker and now we've allowed these children both intellectually and in their experience in life become congress birthing peoples who are going to vote to alleviate their themselves from the debt that they don't want to pay while making two hundred thousand a year as a pretend congress person thank you leanne
I truly appreciate it. Anthony and McHenry. Uh, Sean, thank you for taking my call. The last time I called, uh, I, I wasn't able to say God bless you, Sean, and uh, I love your show, and I, and I love what you do for everybody. Um, what what annoys me is that I know that some of these uh, fake news people are going to suck up to him when they're in this press conference. But people like Rosen and Ducey, they don't know how to ask a question. Okay, I'm a retired attorney. It's, it's very simple when you start a question with the word when. I've been in thousands of depositions. When you say in this feeble fashion, when will you admit your withdrawal from Afghanistan was one of the worst failures in American history, what's he going to say? What's going to be the look on his face? Or okay. how about, you know, when you say, when are you going to admit that more people under 40 died from fentanyl coming over the border due to your open border policy than yeah. under COVID? Yeah. How about more kids? Those questions. It doesn't those... take a rocket science to put this guy against the wall. Anthony, it takes integrity, and it takes wanting to win, for your point. Reporters don't have a point. They're not there to win for the people. They're there to propagandize for the powers that enrich them. Do you have any idea how many of these reporters have siblings, have children, who all work for the, these political parties? It's a staggering amount. I'll never forget. I used to think that that pencil neck geek... Andy Shaw was, nah, he's not too bad, he's not terrible. I saw him at Twin Anchors having ribs one time. I said, nah, he's not terrible. Barack Obama gets elected, his out-of-college daughter gets a job in the White House. This is a reporter in Chicago who headed up the better government, business, whatever. Nonsense, fraud, and lies. That's when I said none of them are to be trusted. But, Anthony, thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. All right, I wanted to, we'll talk about this later. Let's go to the phones. You know I love the callers. I love you. Tom, Sugar Grove. Hey, Sean. Um, it's not only the student loans that are tra- going after these kids. You go to orientation the first day for freshmen, they have all these credit card companies trying to give these kids credit cards. They don't even have jobs. It happened to me. It happened to me. Yeah. See, I, 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 I uh, you wouldn't know it, but I, I actually used to play sports. I got, I went to college, and then I didn't like that college. I, I pulled out, and I went to Columbia College in Chicago. The minute I well, did that, the, the minute I filled out credit card companies to get you paying the minimum amount, so I got three. In, I got three credit cards. Years. You know, it was the eighties. I got three credit cards. Each one of them, the American Express had no limit. The other ones had like fifteen hundred dollars limit. Well, you know, I was a kid in the eighties trying to pick up chicks. It wasn't long. I was behind the eight ball. <laughs> I figured that out the hard way. But Tom, it's a shame how they take advantage of these kids. But after all, once you're bankrupt and you feel like consumers, you think about it. Oh, yeah. Once you're bankrupt, though, and you feel like you're slipping away, guess what you do? You give up your freedom, you give up your opportunity, and you turn to your abuser for help. And in there lies the scheme. It's outrageous and it's despicable. Dan in Marshall, Wisconsin. Hey, Sean. Hey, say, one aspect, and you kind of answered this already, but one aspect of the student loan fiasco that has bothered me is that in 82, when I graduated from college, interest rates on houses were 16 70%, yeah. and interest rates on student loans were 2 or 3%. Now, today, interest rates on houses are 2 or 3%, and interest rates on student loans are 6 or 7%. Yes. I think that's just wrong. Yeah, but, well, they don't have to tweak and corrupt the student loan debt in order to fund the Ponzi scheme of an economy. What the Federal Reserve has done through the both backdoor manipulation of the reverse repo overnight bank-to-bank scheme 
and the fraudulent pumping more money out to people and groups that shouldn't deserve it. And then now they're going to tighten it. And what most people don't understand is that's going to tighten and raise the costs for you on your credit cards, on your floating, on your arms, on all the rest of it. And you've got, what, half the nation saying go ahead and raise the rates at the exact same time. You've got inflation at 40-year highs. And you've got unemployment at record levels, even though this idiot wants to cook the numbers. You have, like in that movie, a perfect storm. And I don't know if you remember the ending of that movie, but it didn't end well if you were on that boat. Guess what? We're all on that boat. And I don't know how if you look like George Clooney or not, but we got a problem. Dan, thank you very much for noticing. Now I want to talk a little bit about, did I, did I go long? Damn it, this is the fastest show on radio. All right, I got to go to break. Then I'm going to talk about how the corrupt AG of New York and for that matter, Ferret Face, uh, Merrick Garland, how they're going after the Trump family to make sure they don't run, but how hypocritical it is to go after them and not the lenders. Once again, another bank scheme after this. All right. I've been wanting to talk about this a couple days. Wes and Carl. Sorry, guys. I want to talk about this. New York Attorney General claims Trump company misled banks and tax officials. Inflated property values, wealth statements, significant evidence of fraud, testimony sought from the Don and his kids. Eric Trump and Weisselberg invoke the Fifth Amendment more than 500 times. That sounds very incriminating, doesn't it? But there there is a lawyer out there that I know very well who uh, had to be a he was was an attorney and he was uh, a defense attorney. And more often than not, he had to go to depositions of the government. And the government has a way of asking you questions, and the Fifth Amendment is there for a reason. Because the government, in case you're not watching, is full of liars. Oh, but they are. Not just the FBI, the CIA, but real ones at the DOJ. You know, where Merrick Garland's in charge. And the AG in New York is a Democrat mafia member and a dog face who was elected strictly strictly on going after Trump for this. So we, I just want to talk about the allegations. And it fits right into what we were talking about. And I want you to remember in the derivative fraud game that big banks and hedge funds were taking advantage of the people by hiding D-rated loans with A-rated loans in order to sell them Ironically, to the government and to others, none of them went to jail. None of them. Zero. And they did it for decades, right up until it imploded. And they're doing it again, by the way. But that's aside from from the fact. Donald Trump, although touted as a the biggest developer and yada, yada, he has one unusual characteristic. And you know what that is? He always paid record prices. I don't care what he bought. Record prices. The only time he ever got a deal was he had a 50-year tax abatement from the city of New York because he decided to develop what was once a rail yard and trash dump that was a sewer like New York was in the 80s and will be again under Democrat rule. They begged him to develop it. It's the only time he ever got a deal. You can look at any building he ever bought in Atlantic City, whatever it is, record prices he paid. Because in his mind, he wanted a portfolio of value. So when he went to banks, and most banks went to him, by the way, and he went to banks and he said, this property, Trump Tower, Trump Plaza, 
I can't remember. He didn't buy the Drake in New York. He bought another one for when he was married to Ivanka. It's worth $280 million, a billion dollars, whatever the case is. And the bank said, oh, okay. That's not fraud. Because the bank has an advantage over the people. And the bank has loan disclosures. They have loan agreements. And the bank protects itself with something called appraisers. And the bank technically can never get into any trouble because he has the appraiser. Now, if the appraiser is a scumbag, that's different. But under no fault does a a property owner who comes to the bank and says, I own XYZ property and it's worth $200 million, give me money. And the bank doesn't give you $200 million. They give you 80% or 70% or whatever they agreed upon it. By him saying something's worth something and the bank says, no, it's not, then the appraiser would give a document. If the bank doesn't do that and the bank, bank gives the, le- the loan, then the bank is wrong, not the, not the property owner. This is something crucially important, and this is what they're going to try to hang him on. And you know what they're not going to try and hang him on? When he hired Democrat scum like Ed Burke and Rahm Emanuel and Chucky Schumer, and he bribed them to get his taxes lowered through corrupt judges. They're not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Because that's what the Democrats are for. Bribery and fraud. They're the scourge of the earth. 312-642-5600. I'll be back after this. he's ever earned and now with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in america he's here to seize back our rights from the government with a cigar in one hand and a copy of the declaration of independence in the other he's sean thompson and this is the sean thompson show off the heels of the political whore for half a century Bragging about the, what, 3.2-ish trillion dollar, two bills he signed on the heels of a Trump $1.9 trillion bill on the heels of $6 trillion during COVID and PPP and the rest of it. He says everything's just great. I wanted to bring on Warner Todd Houston, who was a staff writer at Breitbart and a Chicago native, to discuss. Hi, Warner. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Anytime. So if I watched the speech, which I did... Not only am I embarrassed, humiliated, I'm concerned because it's obvious that we have a ailing moron in charge of the country. He wants you to believe everything is just peachy, and the problem is the Republicans don't stand for anything. How did you see it? Well, I, I don't know why you're so upset. He told us himself that he's done a great job in this first year. In fact, he said uh, he's been the best president ever. I, of course, that doesn't explain why his job approval rating is lower than the president he's replaced, who he said was the worst president in history. And the reality is Democrats are feeling this way. I just saw on CNN during the break, even the creepy David Axelrod said it's time to go back to the drawing board. 
I have wanted to impeach Joe Biden since it was obvious he was going to usurp the office. Is it possible to maybe start a movement with these embarrassments every time he rears his literally ugly head? Well, I don't think you're going to see the GOP, uh, you know, going for impeachment procedures, even if they take ever all power here in 2022 coming up. I, I doubt that they have the spine for that. You know, it's a funny thing, Warner. I think people forget. You know, first of all, the way the country was designed, not only was the vice president supposed to be the candidate from the other party, but the way that it was designed, and when you talk about the intent of uh, the impeachment process, it was for just what we're living through. A president who is unable to fulfill the duties of the job and unwilling to step aside. To me, I I think it's rather obvious. I I mean it. I, I found it to be embarrassing and humiliating and i think he's clearly suffering from some ailment is it just because i have complete disdain for collectivism and fascism or do you think that many americans saw what we saw today and feel the same way i think a lot of people are seeing that i mean like you said a minute ago even democrats are saying that he seems non-competentious at this point um once he got past his talking points you know at the beginning of that speech and began to have free questions from the audience there of uh, supposed journalists, he was stumbling all over himself and often was completely incoherent. And the other side effect that should be focused on is that our economy sucks. And um, his continued uh, unrealistic, secure, I've got it, and everything's not as bad as you see, when you see for the first time in American, you know, I, I think in the, near, in the, in, in the recent history, empty shelves, when you see, you know, the skyrocketing costs, and when you listen to him glaze over that and really kind of bastardize the principles of of what government is supposed to do and not supposed to do while promising to fix it through implementing more fascism that didn't go anywhere when he tried to help with the supply chain. Nothing he's done has worked. Uh, It has to be a level where people say, eh, I'm not going to just wait. I don't want to wait till November, brother. This is what I'm trying to tell you. I can't wait till November. We got to figure out how to get this guy legally out of office. I think that the people who are Democrats and are regretting it should be kind of uh, brought along. Don't you think it's time to maybe make that statement of inability to perform the duties of the office? Yeah, I mean, certainly we we should be able to be looking at that. But again, like I said, I just don't think the Republican Party, which is the side that would have to push this stuff, has the guts to do it. We have too many Adam Kinzinger types, uh, uh, you know, in the closet uh, in our in our party, and too many of them just don't have the guts for this thing. And we've seen that repeatedly all the way back till uh, till you know into World War One that the GOP just doesn't have the stones to, to play hardball politics. It, it lost the ability to play hardball politics after the Civil War was over, pr- practically. You know, so uh, I just don't, I just can't expect that the GOP will do this. When he, um, he's obviously now, as as the Democrats are, and obviously what I think is 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 the most endangered by voting being thrown by by them being thrown out of office. When you see that the promises and the the uh, misrepresentation of voter integrity laws are being used as a catalyst to nationalize um, voter and legitimize voter fraud, I'm starting to see, even in Georgia, where I have relatives, and we talk often, there are even Democrats that are saying, have you read the bill 
the bill is not something that just the Republicans wanted. It's something we wanted, where we are asking for voter ID, where, in fact, we've extended the uh, the uh, out front of the election, early voting. We've added um, places where people can go and vote. Do you think that through his obvious mischaracterization of our our legitimate state legislator mandated voting integrity and voting rights being worked through the states. Do you think that even some Democrat states and ones that are on the fringe will say, no, we don't want to turn over the rules to your party? I think so. I do. Because uh, if you look at the, you, you mentioned voter ID a minute ago. If you look at the stats on that, even black voters support voter ID. There have been several polls out there that say black support voter ID at 60 and 78 percent. But this shows us that the Democrat Party itself, working with the plant media, don't care what their own voters say. Their voters support voter ID laws. They don't care. They have this idea that pushing voter ID as racist gives them an edge. Well, that's what they think, but they're driving a spike in the heart of their own voting uh, block. Yeah, I, I, I've always said this is something that everybody... Every American could agree on. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, as you see New York, the new mayor, who ran as kind of this middle-of-the-road Democrat. And the minute he gets sworn in, he takes a hard left and says, yeah, you know, I've talked to my fellow constituents, and I do think illegals who have been here for 30 days should be able to vote. Isn't that really the direction of the entire Democrat Party? Yeah, unfortunately, the upper leadership is is continuing their strive to go far left, and there's nothing stopping them, uh, apparently. It's, it's, it's simply amazing how far they continue to go uh, leftward. I saw two things I liked this week. I saw Saturday Night Live for the first time make fun of this buffoon. I also saw some reporters during this press conference ask some pointed question on our obvious foreign policy failure. That should be a reason for a little optimism, should, should it not? Yes, and boy, I'll tell you what, his answers on uh, Ukraine especially were, were shocking. He essentially gave Putin the okay to invade the Ukraine as long as he just does it a little bit. You know, he, he directly stated that there won't be any kind of uh, American response at all to Putin unless it's a full-scale gigantic invasion that Putin launches. So uh, he, he's given away the store in that in that thing. Um, we know that Vladimir Putin is a KGB member. We know that what he's done behind the scenes is really, you know, it, it's his country, baby. It's like his company. The Crimea debacle that Barack Obama was under. Um, you know, and how that ended. You see what happened, how we are now giving foreign aid to the Taliban after they killed 13 of our service members and completely decimated what, what our intentions were in Afghanistan. This is really a dream for foreign adversaries of America to have Joe Biden and the moron Democrats in charge, isn't it? Well, yes, and they also had that dream fulfilled for them during Obama. Remember how badly the world was going down the tubes with Obama in office, because they also knew that Barack Obama would do nothing to stop them. And remember how it all came to a halt. All around the world, the second Trump walked into the White House. Suddenly, Putin and, and France even, and you know, all these countries were worried about what the U.S. might do if they continued their outrageous pushes uh, uh, for power. 
And now that Joe's here, well, they don't care again. They, they you know, they just uh, they can do whatever they want. They feel. You know, I I, I always read you, and you you, you write a lot about um, you know athletes. You write a lot about sports teams, and you've written recently about the Beijing genocide. And um, we had the the partial owner of the Clippers tell the truth, and he was videoed when he said, "I really don't give a rip about the Uyghurs." And I don't care about the human rights of the Chinese Communist Party. In your opinion, in all of the articles you've you've written in a, on this topic, and and with the NFL and the NBA, are they so vested now financially that they can't stand for anything? Have have the pro- professional sports in America just bended knee to the totalitarian communists to where they can get away with anything as long as they pay off these spoiled brat? These student morons we call athletes. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Unfortunately, our major sports, uh, you know, leagues, uh, and that includes the, the MLB, you know, baseball, football, soccer, all of them. They all are striving, you know, with each other to get that foreign audience. And of course, China is one of the largest economies on the planet, so that's the biggest one to tap into right now. The reason they're doing this is, is because they realize that they have hit a wall in, in the American market. They're not growing in the American market. So That's interesting. So gone all in for China, so now from now on, anything China says, they'll bow kowtow to and say, oh, no problem, we love China. And, you know, really this happened under Trump's first year with Colin Kaepernick, whatever. Right. And how many um, people who supported Trump just said, Joined the, the, in my philosophy for decades earlier. I'm not going to waste a minute of my day watching these steroid freaks pretend to uh, be home team guys when 98% of them couldn't pick out the, the town they play for on a map before they signed the contract and were dragged there. I think that uh, what is the recourse now that the American citizen can do, I think, is to continue down that and turn off all sports. Do you think that there's a movement out there that, that agrees with my solution? I think there is. I think there's a large movement of Americans that are just fed up with sports. The more I write about sports, the longer I do this, the more times and the more people I see saying that, just that, that they're done with American sports. They've loved the NFL for their whole lives until the last, you know, decade or so. And, and uh, you know, uh, baseball, no different. Uh, soccer, no different. Hockey is getting just as bad. Uh, you know, then then we have the, the uh, co-owner of the Golden State Warriors saying, "Oh, don't worry about China killing all of those those Uyghurs and enslaving them. No big deal. Let's worry about America." He even said that America is just as bad as China. That's the part that I was really astonished at, and I I can't help but notice that this um, this conflation of of issues in order to give a pass for the corruption in our society because there used to be a law where you couldn't do business with communist china why is it is it just not a law anymore or have so many political strong oligarchs broken it that it doesn't matter anymore well that's that's another thing that uh, barack obama did for the united states he uh, he went even further out of his way to kowtow to china and to open up markets you know uh, for business with china and america you know uh, our government does a lot of business with china and, and a lot of that changed during obama's years i watched jamie Dimon get on his knees during a, a maria bartiroma interview and talk about how 
we can get through this because there's more people that want to get along with America than destroy it. I have a theory that China is intentionally helping us break our financial system and destroy the dollar in collusion with Russia and all of the enemies. Is this not the golden ages for the enemies of America? I think it is the golden ages for the enemies of America right now because we have uh, uh, Europeans tacitly standing by while all this happens. You you would think Europe would be just as upset at at China for completely taking over, say, Africa, for building new islands out in the South Seas and, uh, you know, in the China Sea and whatnot to put military bases on, for militarizing space, I mean, you would, you would think that even Europe would be upset at this, but they're just standing by and letting Russia and China run the map. I think I just gave you the title of your next article, Golden Ages of the Enemies of America. You feel free, just mention go. a little footnote, Sean, your favorite radio host. He is Warner Todd Houston. He is a staff writer at Breitbart. We love having him on. Keep it up, Warner. I love reading your stuff. Thank you. Thanks. We'll be- We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. Love it. Okay. A couple things I want to cover. A couple things I want to cover. See, none of this would be possible. The Biden feudalism, the American Dark Ages, wouldn't be possible if it were not for the special weapon of the pandemic. Yes, I said pandemic, because there is no one. That isn't going to con- that's going to convince me this is not a pandemic. This has benefited the corrupt, the Marxist scum, and the Democrat mafia like nothing could have. Brought the country and the world to its knees. The truth will come out sooner or later. The good news is it's starting to come out now. Project Veritas has released a new drop in a new investigative report. Department of Justice documents obtained by Judicial Watch appear to confirm that the FBI is communicating with Pfizer, the pharmaceutical company, about Project Veritas. Now, in this document, which is an FBI document dated January 6, 2022, it's in response to a FOIA request, number 1514498-000, subject all communications regarding Project Veritas between FBI officials and employees backslash representatives of Pfizer. That's right, Pfizer Pharmaceutical. It says in the letter, the FBI has completed its search for records responsive to your request. The material you requested is located in an investigative file which is exempt from disclosure. It's unclear why Pfizer, one of the world's largest pharmaceutical companies, would be communicating with the Federal Bureau of Investigation about journalists or journalism done on Pfizer. Now, on November 9, 2021, the CEO of Pfizer did say he was talking to the FBI and CIA about what he called misinformation. Uh, there was, particularly with us, we were targeted by a lot of, uh, uh, let's say, dark uh, organizations that you don't really know the ownership. Uh, you suspect that there are some countries behind. 
we were getting a lot of briefings from uh, CIA, from FBI about uh, attacks that may happen to us, cyber attacks, I mean, but also about the spread of the misinformation. That statement by Pfizer's CEO on November 9th came on the heels of a couple Project Veritas investigative reports into Pfizer about a month earlier. Pfizer owns the fracking government. FBI, CIA, FDA, pickle-faced Fauci and his handsome wife. They own this damn country. It is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by... Do you know how many countries allow drug companies to advertise on TV? You know how they advertise for all of their medicine that will give you the oily stool. You know how You know how many countries advertise? Two. New Zealand and us. Guess where the profits are the highest? For Pfizer. Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett out front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This letter report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding is brought to you by Pfizer. And now a CBS Sports update brought to you by Pfizer. Meet the press. Data download. Brought to you by Pfizer. This portion of CBS This Morning sponsored by Pfizer. On how to find the hidden sugars in the American family diet. Sponsored by Pfizer. You know, I'm not going to argue anymore with the... I could argue that we are socialists, but I won't argue anymore with the Heritage Foundation because with this kind of clip, with this kind of corporatism, collusion, and corruption shows, we're not uh, fully socialist. We're more of a corporatist, bastardized country when we allow this scam artist company who pretends to have a vaccine that seems to have massively spread the virus in deaths. And yet here they are, still raking it in still held harmless for the experiments they've put in millions of Americans. 312-642-5600. I'll take your calls when I get back. Here we go. There's a good song. You better be playing this in Elmwood Park. Did I hear there's break-ins in Elmwood Park? Oh, I tell you what. Those crooks are going to be calling the police. Some of those, my neighbors. I got my buddy Joey, who lives right behind me. I don't live there anymore. My wife and I are out here. But, uh... He's itching to catch one of these scumbags. That's how you'll find him. He'll be driving around with him on the on the hood of his car like a deer. Go ahead, keep breaking in in Elmwood Park. You think you're in Chicago where they accept that nonsense? You ain't gonna last long, morons. Good news is gas prices are high. Although their EBT cards will probably cover that. Here's another good news. We're starting to narrow in on exactly what's going on with this pandemic. Oh, but we are. It will not be long. Uh, two years ago this month, Dr. Fauci has put on notice that the virus most likely came from a lab that was doing gain-of-function research. He gets a letter uh, on January 31st, 10.32 p.m., 2020. He gets an email, excuse me, from Dr. Christian Anderson that says, the virus looks engineered, virus not consistent with evolutionary theory. Dr. Fauci goes into complete overdrive to cover this information up and not present it to the American people. He organizes a conference call the next day with Fauci, Collins, and 11 virologists from around the world on that call. Mr. Gary, Dr. Gary on that call says this. I don't know how this happens in nature, but it would be easy to do in a lab. 
Four days later, those people who express those sentiments start to change their position. They write a piece in Nature Medicine magazine on February 16th. It first gets published online. That piece is then cited on February 9th, 2020, in the now famous letter in The Lancet that becomes the gospel that this thing, according to Fauci and this group, didn't come from a lab. All- oh, but it did, pickle face. And it worked exactly as intended. After all, you brought America to its knees. You seized the small businesses. You put citizens under house arrest. You intimidated the children. You forever changed the trajectory of our nation. And now you stuck in your political whore. And the pimp, we now find out, is Pfizer. When somebody is naturally um, immune, like they got COVID, um, they probably have better, like, not better, but more antibodies against the virus. So your antibodies are probably better at that point than the vaccination. Again, what you just saw wasn't our claim. That was a statement made by a scientist at Pfizer. The next report we did was on October 6th and involved a whistleblower named Melissa Strickler. And she released emails from a senior director at Pfizer named Vanessa Gelman, who in those emails, Vanessa Gelman talked about how she didn't want information about fetal cells floating out there in the development of the vaccine. From the perspective of corporate affairs, we want to avoid having the information on the fetal cell lines floating out there. Again, we didn't make these claims. This was not our information. This information was coming from Vanessa Gelman, a current senior director at Pfizer Pharmaceutical. So the question is, why would Pfizer, a pharmaceutical company, be talking to the FBI about Project Veritas right after those pieces of reporting I just showed you? Why is a pharmaceutical company and the Federal Bureau of Investigation having conversations about journalists in the United States of America. Oh, let me help you. It's so the FBI could misuse its authority to squash any kind of opinion, any kind of non-statist acceptance of the company that owns America and owns Dr. Fauci. Because it would be make exact kind of uh, reasoning as to why Dr. Fauci funded, funded gain-of-function research from the Wuhan lab in the first place, wouldn't it? All that happens in 20 days. So they go from this thing looks engineered, this thing is not consistent with evolutionary theory, this thing could not have happened in nature, this thing would be easy to do in a lab to completely change in their position. And here's the kicker. The two guys who said those things, Dr. Anderson and Dr. Gary, three months later get rewarded with an $8.9 million grant from Dr. Fauci to continue to do research on coronavirus. You want to talk about gangster, baby? That's some gangster BS right there. I love it. Is this another example of the Department of Justice being weaponized by corporate and political interests? Yes. Is this another attack on the First Amendment and an attack on journalists? Yes. Veritas is once again calling upon all journalists to send a message. Oh, they're not going to send anything. Because you never, you, you, you do remember who sponsors all the journalists and their programs and their ritzy houses and their big cars and their lifestyle. 
America is brought to you by Pfizer. CBS Health Watch sponsored by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper 360. Brought to you by Pfizer. Anderson Cooper, out of college, guess what he did? Oh, you're not going to believe it. He worked for the CIA. Now, those are some real professional scumbags. I like it. That's America's hit squad right there. How are they doing? Anybody want to question them about the fentanyl or anything? What's, what's going on with that? Oh, border policy. Yeah, we don't want to talk about that either. ABC News Nightline. Brought to you by Pfizer. Making a difference. Brought to you by Pfizer. CNN Tonight. Brought to you by Pfizer. Early st- One Pfizer under God. No liberty, no justice at all. 312-642-5600. I want pickle face thrown in the hoose cow. And anybody else that's in on this scam, you rat bastards. We'll be back after this. <laughs> it didn't take long at all. Rootin' Tootin' Putin moves more troops westward amid Ukraine tensions right after the speech. Hey, you done talking, stupid? Yeah, we're going to move ahead. After all, we made a killing today in the market. Every time the oil goes up, I want you to think about something. Vladimir Putin gets richer. Every time the COVID restrictions go up, I want you to think about something. Pfizer and the Democrats get richer. This is a scam that you almost have to admire. I hate to say it, but expect to pay more at the pump. Crude oil prices in the U.S. rose nearly 2%, now over $85 a barrel. Prices haven't even been that high since October of 2014. Experts believe gas prices, which typically lag behind oil, will soon follow the rising prices. Right now, AAA says the national average for a gallon of gas is $3.31. Now, let's see what the latest prices are like right here in the Hudson Valley. Today, Today's average for a gallon of regular in Westchester is $3.69 and rock. That's going to seem like a deal next year. Oh, it's going to seem like a deal. And Biden is going to be running on a couple of things. He's going to be running on stealing elections by mischaracterizing the bastardization of voting. And he's going to be running on what do the Republicans stand for? The, the fundamental question is... What's Mitch for? What's he for on immigration? What's he for? What's he proposing? Let's do this. How about, well, yeah, make it so terrorists can't come in, or drug dealers, or sex traffickers. Can we start there? Stupid, dimwit, dummy. Can we start there? And we understand that you want to take these people and bribe them to vote for you. That's the only way you could possibly, possibly ever say the word Democrat after you're done destroying our country. That's what we want on that front when it says the border. What we would like in the foreign policy, we don't want to learn Russian. Oh, we don't. I don't want to learn Mandarin. No, no. I don't want to convert my dollars for the yuan. I don't. I, uh, I don't want Pfizer to experiment on our kids and ourselves. I'd like them to be held in contempt for all of the damage they've done to this country. After all, you've got a bunch of morons that voted for you spreading that thing wild because they're now super spreaders. And uh, more people are dead. More people got it. And your bribery of a trillion dollars did nothing, except it did end up in your coffers. That does explain why you got that $3,000 suit on. Huh? Huh? Wet pants? You political whore. Tom and Deer Park didn't mind him. He was going to be a normal Democrat for Tom. Hi, Tom. 
Hi, Sean. Long time, no listen and no talk, but you got me. Yeah. And you're off the show. 312-642-5600. See, because guys like that, pseudo-intellectual buffoons, who wanted to think Biden's normal, shut up, Tom, and pay the cost. Shut up and eat it and wear it. Because the scumbags and morons and idiots, self-enriching, self-aggrandizing frauds, who pretend to be libertarians or Democrats. You're the reason we're in this pickle. You morons are. There's not, a, there's not anybody with any integrity. None. There's not anybody that doesn't want something for nothing that voted for that buffoon. But all those people who do want something for nothing, who do want that scam, who are willful slaves, and they get their kids shot up with the experiment, and they get all the rest of it shot up, you shut up and you wear this failure. Because you are the failures of America. And sooner or later, we'll come back. Believe me, we will. Because in the end, liberty, freedom, and America wins. We're just on our knees now. And we're put there by the scum among us. I'd like to separate them all. See, I don't care if Tom wakes up tomorrow. I don't care if any Democrat roach ever comes within a thousand meters of me again. I have no use for any of them. Because they're the failures. They're the corrupt. They're the mafia of this nation. Start. Brought to you by Pfizer. Friday night on Aaron Burnett Out Front. Brought to you by Pfizer. This week with George Stephanopoulos is brought to you by Pfizer. This letter report brought to you by Pfizer. Today's countdown to the royal wedding. You know who else is brought to you by Pfizer? Better. What's he for dealing with Russia? It's different than I'm proposing. Many of his Republican friends or his colleagues are supporting as well. Yeah, you sound like a man. You do. I'm sure that Putin is real nervous. He's real nervous. The only one that's nervous is anybody depending on you, you half-wit, you facade of a man, you weak, incompetent boob. What's he for on these things? What are they for? So everything's a choice. A choice. I think they do. Nothing's a choice for us that are going to be dragged around by this political failure, this whore, this low-life scumbag. The only choice we have is to stay away from the people that put them in power, the Toms in Deer Park, the never-Trumpers, and the Democrats. They're who you have to thank. And those who are exactly who I'm going to stay away from for the next three and a half years. I only wish I could fit you all in my little house. I can't. Can't fit you all in there. But I highly recommend you go to high ground. Because in case you're not watching, the Democrat sewers are on fire. Not that green energy nonsense fire that they keep promising you. It never happens. In fact, it's going to be 7 tonight. That's awful cold. Could use some of that global warming. But the kind of fire where the Democrat base, the predators, are protected by law. That kind of fire. Go to high ground means go to areas where Democrats aren't. Because no matter where they are, you're promised failure and a ghetto. A number of restaurants are really struggling again. They say they've told us that the vaccine mandates are keeping customers out, servers sent home early if they even are sent to work at all. What metrics have to be in place in order to end the vaccine mandates? Well, that's not the feedback we're, we've been getting. And obviously, She's like Joe Biden. It's great. They love to be shut down. They love it. And your wife is pretty, and you look good in that suit. How much bull dung you want to hear? Three, one, two. Oh, is it the end of the show? I can't believe it's the end of the show. Damn it. All right, I'll be back in 21.
Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.